Okay, kids, let's go. Thanks, C3 penis face and R2 dickhead. Hello there. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with us. Fucking A. Good day, Galaxy. Folks, on podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Mobile. I am Commander. Mobile. Commander Cody, to be exact. Mobile. Can you? <laughs> another day another episode and once again my eyes are so dry i feel like i'm ultra high and that's not the case i don't know what it is it's just end of the day i'm just like i can't see mopar is that you are you hosting the show with me i can't you can't tell. see no longer i'm losing my eyes <laughs> i'm losing my eyesight that's what happens when you become a dad even though i'm still in the pre-dad phase you just yeah my eyes are gone yeah so if anyone's watching or, or chatting with us, I won't be able to tell. I'm just sitting here recording. So That's thanks in one, advance. It's the one thing that I'm clinging on to. I don't think my eyesight's gone at all yet. Yeah. I, uh, my You're hearing, my hearing definitely. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, you slowly start to feel that aging process start to set in. But my eyes are the one thing I, I'm okay. I'm okay for now. Okay, but of course, everybody older than me and my family has glasses, so it's it's on the horizon for Mopar. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see you with glasses. This is what I'd look like. <laughs> You've been spouting about how good your vision is since you were like three years old. So one of these days, you're gonna reap your your due diligence. I'm gonna sow, sow my seeds of regret. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna get <sighs> some goofy ass ones, some Jeffrey Dahmer ones or something weird that <laughs> people are like, is that Mopar or is that a man eater? <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference? We'll yeah, start with at M. That point, Come on. At that point, it's the same thing. <laughs> Mopar man eater. <laughs> uh, I do want to show off <sighs> everybody who's live with us. Yeah, Come please do. Good day, Galaxy. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, got some uh, some new merch in Good Day Galaxy. We sent out some swag bags too. Nice, yeah, those have been uh, shipped out uh, Friday of last week. So if you're in that first round, new Good Day Galaxy stickers and some coasters and some uh, some pins and a few other things. I think I left a few love letters in there as well. A few love letters, just a few, only in a few of them. Kiss for uh, your you pleasure, know, collector's edition. I hope to see them on eBay one day when we're famous. <laughs> the letters are ribbed. <laughs> Ew. Ew. So, uh, yeah, enjoy those when you do receive them. Um, slap those stickers on things that are important to you. And if you missed out, Loved just, ones. Yes, right Pets. on your baby's forehead. Yep. <laughs> on the dog bowl. Yep. Dog bowl. Yep. yep, on your bumper stickers, too. They're not bumper stickers, but if you put them on your bumper, then there you go. Bumper become, sticker. Yeah. So if, uh, if you missed out, no worries. Just shoot us an email. And or sign up for Patreon with your address, and we'll send some goodies. Send some goodies out to you. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm excited. I saw only pictures of the holographic stickers. I want to get my hands on some. Oh, yeah. I guess I forgot to include, <laughs> include you. And in- You guys get all the good stuff. I, I never get any of it. I appreciate Commander <sighs> for taking care of all that stuff, but uh, I, I am left out. 
Sorry. It. Well, you got the hoodie. I got the stickers. We're even. Um, I will most certainly send you a pack. Obviously, you need you need the stickers. Yeah. I just forgot. I'm sorry. Welcome, uh, Matt. Oh, yeah. One of the many danguses that sent us emails. I appreciate it. I was worried yeah. you guys didn't know how to email people. Yeah, we've uh, got a, a slow flood of emails uh, in the past couple of weeks. So we, we definitely appreciate everybody reaching out. Um, those that have reached out, like I said, uh, we're, you're going to be... Guys, you're going to get some stickers in the mail. <laughs> keep an eye on your mailbox. Yeah, so keep an eye out. Uh, so. Snuck a few pizza rolls in there. Pizza dippers. Um, I, so I know we talked last week about uh, definitely crossing at least one movie off my list before we recorded. Mm-hmm. I actually crossed four things off the list over the course of the past week. So I'm oh, eager... Damn. I'm eager to talk about any and all of them if you do, if you if you so choose. Let me let me let me guess. I know okay. I know one for sure. Tenet. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that one. Yeah, um, which I'm excited to get to. No doubt. Um, yeah, it was a very very interesting movie. Uh, I assume. Let's see, Birds of Prey. Indeed. Yes. Uh, I haven't I haven't got to that one yet. Um, Detective Pikachu. No, I did not watch that one. No. Sorry. Shazam. Nope. Then I give up. Why the fuck are we even here? You just wanted to start guessing. I did not even <laughs> propose that. <laughs> Would I guess the other ones? Are they popular ones that were high on your list? Uh, well, I did talk about one of them. Yeah. It, the the third one was the Room 237, which is the... Oh, yeah. All the hidden messages in The Shining, which all I have to say about that was like this kind of... Far-fetched. It's pretty fucked up in a stupid way. Uh, and then the other one was the Comedy Store documentary which was five mm. episodes. Uh, very good, actually. Podcasting is like in all of them because every comedian has a podcast. Sure. And it, it was, you know, it, it was a huge deal for the um, comedy industry, I'll say, podcasting. So it was cool to watch. Uh, and if you're a fan of Rogan and Santino and Bill Burr and all those Mo people. Parr. Watch it. It's worth watching. It's worth entertainment. Are you not entertained? Yeah, man. That's, that's so. another classic that I haven't watched. I I went on a binge of uh, watching The Gladiator there for like three, four years. It was, it was like one of those movies I would just fall asleep to. Yeah. I uh, love the movie. Little long, even with my love for it. So I would, I would consistently fall asleep. Whether it was, you know, midday nap or something. But, yeah. Uh, What's your what's your thought on the length of films? Um, I was listening back to Revenge of the Nineties, one of our favorite shows. Mm-hmm. They were talking about Men in Black, and they were talking about how it's like an hour thirty five. Yeah, and it feels the pacing is so good. It feels like you're yeah. in and out. You don't miss anything. It doesn't feel like anything was rushed. And it was just a great you know ninety minute film. And then I go and watch Birds of Prey. And I'm intrigued. It's interesting, but it's two and a half hours. I don't know if I need two and a half hours of of Harley Quinn, you know what I mean? Birds of Prey was it's I long. Think, I don't think it was two and a half hours. I'm pretty sure. Tenant was uh Tenant like was long, yeah. Two and a half hours. Are you sure Birds of Prey? I th- I Maybe. put it on earlier and I just I other shit came up, so I didn't end up watching it. But. I mean, we have a bad habit of just completely making things up. So it's an hour I could 50. be. Yeah. Oh, hour okay. forty nine, yeah. Eh, canceled. Cancel me <laughs> no, out of the I show. I liked the movie. I didn't realize it was that short. Hell well, of a movie. <laughs> but the length of it didn't wasn't gonna say um, wasn't gonna be my deciding factor on whether I liked it. I was mm-hmm. just saying they made a point how superhero movies nowadays are always like 
super long, super it's, intense, and drawn out when they don't always have to be. Yeah, no, I uh, I am of the the same thought. Um, yeah, I do enjoy long movies if they're good long movies. Uh, yeah. but sometimes they get drawn out. It's it's so much of a commitment. Right, exactly. Now, like I have to put legitimately by the time I get everything set up, you know, grab a drink and it's like it's three hours for a yeah. solid. Yeah. I mean, it sounds funny, but you know, you, you get through well, the get screens. everything set up. It's just like, yeah. oh, I gotta switch the input on my TV and click well, it's a. Small, it's and all then small click stuff a. that you're doing anyways, but I know, I know. of course, it's still three hours, and that's that's a fucking pocket of my day, bro. I get you. Yeah. Now the the funny thing is is I agree with you when I'm getting into something for the first time, mm. but then I go the completely opposite direction, and when it, when it's something that I already love, I want it to be as long as possible. Like I'll invest four hours in a movie if I fucking love it. No questions asked. Yeah. Again, it's just that pocket of time, man. It's finding it's hard enough yeah. to watch an hour and a half movie and then you're you're like, how fucking long is this? I'm not trying to do this tonight. Jesus. Two yeah. and a half hours. It's ten PM. It's time for it. Exactly. Well, don't start movies at ten, I guess. Nine forty five. Yeah. Much better. Much as better. long as you're in bed before midnight. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Mm. Uh yeah. Star Wars News Light this week. I believe. What about the lights? Uh, I say I believe there is zero Star Wars oh. news, at least to my knowledge. Yeah, it's okay. Nothing. It's okay. Same stuff. Oh, I did see. Uh, it was it was a rumor article. Don't make it up. I didn't make it up. Somebody else made it up. I'm reading it. <laughs> made it up for me. <laughs> it was uh, a rumor that Lucasfilm Games, the new replacement for Lucas Arts, is working on a Knights, new Knights of the Old Republic video game. <sighs> Not necessarily KOTOR 3, but something KOTOR Realm. Uh, it was one of those, uh, we got this covered.com, those sites where, you know, a rumor becomes an article. Who knows? I don't know. Um, side note, we went to Barnes & Noble yesterday. Oh. Uh, and I saw... It's a dangerous three, store for me. Three High Republic books. And I thought to myself... What the fuck? I thought there was like two allotted. One of them was like the um, Light of the Jedi, which is the one that everybody got. Yeah. And then I thought it was like the the, the kids one. Yeah. There's, I think there was a, a novel and a young adult released now and then another novel and young adult supposed to come out in like July. If but, I remember correctly. I guess uh, the one that I was looking for into... Into the Dark was the second part of... I think that's the, the second novel already. Is out. What? I think they put it out prematurely at Who Easton. Are, who are we? Because this says uh, date of first publication, February 2nd. It's out on the fucking shelves at, at Barnes & Noble in uh, in Columbus. Oh, damn. Maybe they got an early release uh, deal situation. Maybe, yeah. I, I swear I saw it. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to... There was a second one that was going to be out in close succession. Yeah, well, I, so the, A Test of cur Courage, that's the young adult one. That's the young adult one, yeah. That and one then, was sitting right next to it, yeah. Oh, Into the Dark. I didn't realize that was coming out. Thank you, Mopar. I didn't realize that was coming out so soon. And I love Claudia Gray. I mean, she's the one that did the uh, Padme books. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Again, I, it, I, cool. didn't, I wasn't even looking for it. It was just all right. all, on one of their uh, shelves. I was like, oh. Didn't realize it was coming out already. It's Sweet. not. It's uh, it's just laying there. <laughs> well, you better go back and grab that shit. Put it on eBay. Sell it. 
Um, yeah, I got to catch up on the first one within the next 14 days before the new one comes out. Mm-hmm. Tell, me, tell me about the Borgs, George. Tell me. Tell, tell me about them. Tell me tell about me the High about Republic. Tell me about Republic. the Jedi. Mm. Uh, speaking of books, I finished The Shining and I'm on to Dr. Sleep, which was written somewhat recently, mm-hmm. uh, but it's the sequel to The Shining. And there's a film starring uh, Ewan McGregor as Daniel Torrance, which I'm excited to watch after I finish the book. Sure. I uh, unfortunately saw mediocre reviews for the movie, but hopefully the book's better. Yeah. Yeah, his books are always good, man. He's unmatched, unparalleled. How do you feel about the relationship between Padme and Anakin? The relationship? Uh, Is it we didn't just get- 100% cringe? Because it's pretty much 100% cringe. It's just not believable. It's like they tried to do the Romeo and Juliet. You're not supposed to be together. But, you know, but it was just like, uh, maybe it was part of the acting. Maybe it was part of the lines. Maybe it was, yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, actually, you know, what's, you know what's interesting? This is not off topic. It's related, but it's a, a different thing that you just reminded me of. So Ryan Johnson went on a uh, a Stephen King podcast where they talk about Stephen King books and they were talking about On Writing which is his book about obviously On Writing and he was talking about how one of the big ways that movies are different than books is that you don't explain a bunch of things that affect the plot or affect a character's development you just show them doing things Mm -hmm. that make you realize like oh this character's growing in this way whatever I think that's where it is because he tried to make them fall in love and have this back and forth but it was all expressed through them talking about it yeah. the whole time yeah. instead of their actions. Yeah. And yeah, obviously that's probably the biggest complaint about Attack of the Clones is that whole that whole plot line. Yeah. Um, I want to say by the end of the movie, when they're about to go into that arena and she like finally warms up and like confesses her love, I'm kind of on board there. But then you get to Revenge of the Sith and it's like she's literally just a plot device for Anakin to become Vader. You know what I mean? Everything that involves yeah. Padme in episode three is all just, you know, him turning to the dark side, which is a bummer. Yeah, it was, uh, we went out to brunch yesterday and, I mean, that, that's a random segue, but <laughs> uh, but episode two was randomly on uh, the TV there. So I was kind of, oh, yeah. you know, watching it in and out. And it's like when he's using the force to cut that space pair and I'm like, <laughs> And they're rolling around, and he gets trampled by that space tick. And I'm like, this is bad. (laughs) It's bad. It's just 100. It's not believable at all. Now, I do, personally, it doesn't click for me until episode three. And I think maybe, you know, and there's still some clunky back and forth between them, obviously, with the hairbrush scene and everything. Yeah. But, you know, when he he gets back from battle, nearly escapes death, helps Obi-Wan, you know, saves the Chancellor... And then he, she's hiding behind the pillar. It's like that. That feels authentic. Before right. nothing, it was like I gotta say this line to this chick. Like, what, yeah. What am I saying? You're so <laughs> beautiful. Even though that's in episode three, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he puts away. I think Obi Wan even has a line about like you know his moment in the spotlight with the the senators or whatever, and he kind of puts all that aside to go talk with Padme. So it's like, that's a huge ordeal at the beginning of episode three. And as soon as he gets back, he goes right to his wife. So yeah, good point. 
And I agree with you. That might be it, though. End of episode two, beginning of episode three. That's like the best Anakin yeah. Padme stuff. Well, not it's, to mention Clone Wars. It's weird also because, you know, it, we, we get to the climax of him choking her. But that conversation is even clunky. You're going down a path I can't follow. What are you talking about? I rule the galaxy. We talk about paths. That's my path. I own it. It's my galaxy. Democracy. What the fuck are you talking about? <sighs> uh, you know, it was a random thought when I was watching episode two because they, in episode two, she's a senator and she says it over and over and over. You're a Jedi. I'm a senator. We can't do this. We're Jedi and senator. Can't do it. The queen of Naboo is walking around in the background. And it got me thinking, who the fuck is the Queen of Naboo in episode three? I mean, I don't know her name. I have no idea. It's an Indian chick. Is it? Is it still the same chick from episode two? Oh, sorry. In episode three, I totally blanked. Because you were talking about episode two, so. Yeah. That's confusing. Well, episode two was the one that sparked it because we don't, that's not talked about at all. They're sitting in, in Naboo's thing and the Queen's not involved. That's why I was like, in the Senate, I'm saying. They have the, the the floating pod for Naboo, but the queen's right. not included. Of course, the senator is, that's her job. Well, the queen isn't normally included there. Who was the senator of Naboo? Okay, I guess so. It was Palpatine. Then it became Padme. Right. After she, she was in the Senate in episode one, obviously, because of the special circumstances. And then it became Jar Jar. And then it became that little fella gets. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, let me see if I can find some answers on on the Wikipedia. Because I remember seeing the, the new queen in... Oh, yeah. Here she is. Queen Jamila or something. 24 BBY. I, well, I think episode two and three are so close. It's the same person. Yeah. Oh, no. Here it is. I recognize her from the funeral. Here you go. Let me share my screen. Hey, come on, come on. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Because here's the episode two lady. Yep. And then episode three, I remember seeing her when they had the funeral scene stuff. Interesting. What's her yeah. name? Apollania. Queen Apollana. What are these names? Nubu, what are you doing? Just more vowels, please. Padme is like the cleanest word to ever come off of Nubu. The rest of these words are like, come on, guys. Oh, man, there's people going forward, too. You know, in my mind, I always associate like Naboo with Alderaan and assume like after episode three, Naboo's a wasteland or something, yeah. but it's still just floating there doing nothing. I mean, it's still a planet. No one blew it up. No Death Star to blow it up. So the Death Star. It's still doing its thing until further notice. Interesting. Yes, sir. The Nubians. So. Oh, I well, do you want to hold on for Tenant? What else is going on? Well, usually we save the Star Wars news for last, but there ain't nothing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yes, Naboo <laughs> is also Palpatine's home planet. I'm going to murder someone. Please Probably get out of the chat. name Shinobi. Please leave yourself. Leave the chat. Leave it. <laughs> um, get a fuck out. Yeah, so uh, heavy spoilers for later on uh, when we do get to Tenant. Uh, if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Maybe spoilers. I don't know if I know what the fuck happened. In that movie. <laughs> That's a good. So point. I don't know if I could spoil things if I even want if I wanted to. Potential spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll try is, to make sense of it. That was definitely a movie that you have to sit down at its full undivided attention, unless or you're going to be. I mean, we were lost, and I was like focused, like I'm going right. to miss something, and we right. were, and I was rewinding 
I was like, did I see did I see something? Yeah. And I would rewind. Yeah, I don't know. Well, the only spoiler that I got ahead of time was that Tommy Boy said that it's like a palindrome, which I don't think is a spoiler, really. I think that was kind of known. Obviously, you see the word tenant. It's forwards and backwards, same thing. So I kind of, as I was watching through it, I was like kind of not only lost, but I was kind of bored at the beginning. Mm. I was like, I'm just going to stick through it because I know at some point this is going to loop back around on itself and it's going to be mind-blowing. It wasn't quite as mind-blowing as I was expecting, but it definitely ended up being interesting and it it definitely had to pay off. It was sure. clearly Christopher Nolan. The oh, entire yeah, movie. Yeah. And I know you said something about the the mix. I couldn't hear what anybody was saying the whole the movie. The sound, I don't I'm very sorry whoever worked on this movie, but the sound mix was really really awful. But the um the score during conversations was so Yeah. It was so um dark night. Because it was just weird. It wasn't like a score. It was just like sounds and hones and tones and shit. But it was so... Hones and tones. That's what you need to, you know, evil. (laughs) Yeah. But it was just constant and overbearing. Just... uh, You're like, I can't... Am I supposed to hear what everybody's saying? I don't know. Right. I think Um, it was probably... It was felt overbearing because it was too too loud. If it was mixed down a little bit, it would have been better. Uh, you You know who did the score? Was it Hans? No, it was Ludwig... The guy oh. that's doing the uh, music for the Mandalorian. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, Ludwig yeah, yeah. Gorenson, something like that. Sorry. Nice, nice. Sorry, Lude. Very uh, unique, to say the least. Obviously. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was just too fucking loud. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, on my soundbar, I have a, um, a v- I don't even know what you call it. Like, like a, a dialogue? Vo- a vo- uh, yeah, like a dialogue. Yeah. I tried um, that on mine. It didn't work. Button it. And it, it helped a lot, <laughs> uh, but it was still like, huh? What'd you say? What do you say? Eh, hey, Baltimore? Uh-huh. Uh, I just put, I ended up putting my headphones in and I, did, I just watched it with that. It was much better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we can dive into that here in a minute. <laughs> I mean, we can just be, we're already dove in. Sure. Sure. I guess. I mean, I don't know if I have enough to dissect because it was, uh, huh. There was a, okay. I'm still so, thinking about it. Just on the surface. It was a hell of mo- hell of a movie. If you don't think about it too much, right off the bat, it's action. It really felt like the um, the flow of Dark Knight, like the pacing of Dark Knight throws you into it. You don't need to really understand what everything is going on. You'll you'll pick it up as you go during conversations and shit. Yeah. And even the guy uh, characters zero. I have no idea who anybody is. I don't know a single fucking name. I don't know anybody's <laughs> name. There was a tall white chick and the bearded dude that, that was the bad guy, and that's how I know them. Yep. I don't I don't know anybody's name in the entire movie. Um, yeah. What I'm trying to say is as an action film, straightforward, hell of a movie. Yeah, it was fun. If you don't d- dig too deep into the why or the how. Right. Because it all started with like future technology basically there was these bullets that can be shot backwards and then 20 minutes later people are actually walking back i'm like how did the how did the bullets make people walk backwards now yeah like i don't understand the connection it was like it went from like a technological advancement to two two dimensions all of a sudden and i'm like yeah that was a it was a big jump uh and i'm on board for it like i said action wise cool yeah, I'm almost on board for it. But then you go another 20 minutes in the movie, and now it's a doomsday device, and the world's about to be destroyed. Yeah. 
that would that's kind of where it went a little far. And then oh, the person that created the doomsday advice uh, didn't want anyone to actually use it, so they split up the pieces and they hit them around the world in nine different spots in different like, time time and different periods. times as well. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm trying I, not to think too hard about it. Exactly. I was like, you if know, you start thinking and trying to connect dots, you're like, what in the yeah. fuck is actually happening? Right. And it Nothing, was so really. the the cool the cool thing was when when you, you're walking through the movie, and then you get to a point you're almost you start walking backwards through the movie, right? And you start going back through the scenes that you've already been to. So it's it's a yeah. cool thought and an idea. And you know, like I said, on the surface to watch the action one one way and then in another way, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is this is fun. Yeah, um, yeah. The payoff for that scene when they're when they, uh, I think they're in the airport when they first walk into like the side by side hallway, yeah. And you see the guy in the, uh, the armor escape, and they fight, and then he runs around down the hallway, and then he comes back to the other side. You first see that, and you're like, "What the? Hell? What is happening?" Yeah. And the payoff of finally realizing what's going on, and then they get back to the airport, and you realize that it's him fighting himself. Yeah, that was fucking sweet. I had an inkling, not that I knew directly, but I had an inkling because. Um, uh, Wolf Boy. What the fuck's his name? The protagonist? No, Wolf Boy. Oh, sorry. Batman. Yes, yeah. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson's character grabbed the helmet off that dude, and you couldn't see what he was looking at, but he stopped and then, like, did something yeah. else. And I was like, he knows that fucker. Right. I knew exactly, but I, I you know, and it was in my mind. I was like, we, we, we're, we're coming back here at some point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, uh, no, it was it was a fun movie. Just don't think about it too much, which it's it's hard to not think about because that's what it's trying to force you to do. Yeah, I I guess well, first of all, time travel movies are always fucked up because time travel isn't real, at least not yet. So none of it makes sense, even when they try to go out of their way to make it as sensible as they can. So you know what I mean? It's like when they don't explain it at all and it's just like a fun ride, that almost feels better when they then when they try to make the plot revolve around like why this technology exists and how it was created and how it actually works. And here's mm-hmm. the rules. And you can do this and do that. And you have to bring the uh, the gas mask with you because the air goes backwards or whatever the hell they were trying to say. I mean, I appreciate the detail, but it om- it makes me think too hard about the movie and then it takes me out of it. You know? Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was a far reach. Yeah. To, to create a movie, a two and a half hour movie wrapped around like what they did, it was definitely a far reach. I'm glad there was some payoff yeah. uh, to watching it. Cause if there wasn't, I, yeah. you know, I liked inception quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel the, the hard payoff in, in inception. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen that one in a long time. It, it was just like super unique. Yeah. The, it, it was actually, it was one idea and obviously multi-layered off that one idea. You, you sure. know, and they went so deep into it. Yeah. You know, in many, many aspects. This one was just like a far reach of technology and or, you know, an idea. And they kept grasping at it the entire movie. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> so, yeah. And, and then, you know, like you said with the mask. Right. In my mind, I was like, oh, that, that's a nice detail. And then I always, uh, then I also thought, so if you're living in reverse, you would be breathing in carbon dioxide, which is readily available in the air. You shouldn't need a mask regardless. <laughs> no, it wasn't about oxygen versus carbon dioxide. It was about... Because you got to breathe in your own air. 
one of those soldiers said something about how like your lungs are working in reverse or something. I can't remember. It wasn't oxygen versus carbon dioxide. It was something different. Okay. But she's like the air is going in reverse or your lungs are working in reverse order. I don't know. Some some throwaway line like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very then you got weird. all the shipping crates that have like, they're basically like their own little air bubbles that they yeah. stay in until they're ready for a mission. Which is also weird yeah. because what would they fill that air bubble with? Why can you breathe in there but you can't? I don't know. They got oxygen tanks or something in there. I don't know. Well, that's what you wouldn't need if you're in reverse. That's what I'm saying. I'm seeing where the rabbit hole I've gone down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hate yeah, it. Three out of 10. I mean, we uh, naturally we breathe in oxygen. So the opposite of that would be breathing out oxygen. I don't know. I don't know. Also, you know, when you're in reverse, why it's like you're you're observing everything in reverse. That's the other part. I, it did make sense to me. It did it's make like sense. They're walking forward into time backwards. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're acting normal, and the rest of the world is basically like rewinding around them. Yeah. So they're they decide to go back in time, and then from you know nine p.m. they're going backwards. Eight fifty nine, eight fifty eight. They're yeah. walking backwards, but they're walking normal. Yeah. It, it, it was weird. Cool effects, you know, yeah, seeing everything again. around it go backwards and like <laughs> that fight scene where like one of them is fighting in real time and the other person is fighting in reverse was really well choreographed. And you see it play backwards when they get back to the airport. That was yeah. really cool. It, but, uh, uh, I did yeah. really like it, it felt like a uh, James Bond, almost like Batman esque movie because the guy was a, a savage the main character the black dude was he, he yeah. was a really cool character and the like the sleuthing and all the details that he would pick up on mm-hmm. um it was awesome it, it, it really was he was a cool really cool character it's yeah. just like the situations he you he was put in you're like does that really work <laughs> yeah fuck? i just i didn't feel the i didn't feel the stakes of this um this time reversal technology may destroy the entire world because yeah. again, I know they talked about it, but I just didn't feel the bad guy was like, you know, cliche bad guy Russian. Yeah. You know, arms dealer trying to, you know, blow everything up. I just didn't feel, I didn't feel on the edge of my seat like, oh my God, they might lose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, I'm here for the, the time travel antics. And that, it was a cool, cool effects and, and cool, um, cool payoff. And that was it, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree. Because the it characters, was a, it know? was it was a fun movie. The characters were great, actually. I really liked all the characters in in the film. Uh, the, like you, well, <laughs> I like I like the performances. I like the performances. The bad guy was pretty shallow. He was your standard bad guy, but I did like uh, Robert Pattinson. I I, I liked the uh, yeah. the black dude. I, again, I don't know anybody's character's name. I have no idea. I also right. like that the the Indian lady that was like the arms dealer or in control of some shit. She was really cool. Yeah. Um, again, I have no idea anybody's name. The entire yep. movie, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Not a clue. Yeah. Um. What What was you rated out of three? Uh, I'd say one. two. I'd say two out of three. Yeah. Especially if you're into just like action movies, definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Um, I would say hype is bigger than the payoff for this one. I agree. 
but it was still entertaining. So it was unique to say the least. Um, well, yeah, definitely unique. I wonder if, you know, we talked like, uh, our comic book movies too overly saturated right now. Nolan likes to do this in all of his movies. I I wonder if he's oversaturating himself. What do you you, you mean? Well, he likes to fuck with time travel and like subplots and like intrigue and mystery and leaving the ending kind of open where you don't know. Like I heard rumors that um, the lady's child Mm -hmm. is actually Robert Pattinson's character. They kind of leave it open like that. You don't really know. Because that kid grows up and in the future gets recruited by uh, David Washington, I think is his name. And then he goes back in time and meets bro when he's already like 30 years old or something. That's another thing that Nolan likes to do. So I wonder if, you know, you watch Interstellar and Inception and this, and even there's a lot of lines in uh, Dark Knight that kind of have the same vibe. I wonder if you're just like, yeah, I guess I get it, Nolan. Like, it's kind of the same thing. I don't know. I'm just positing that. I'm not saying it for sure. I'm just wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was Tommy kinda... Boy would know more than I than I would. Oh. About that. What up, Jared? So uh there there's a reason we don't know anybody's names because no one has a fucking name. What? Yeah. I knew John, that bro John was David the, Washington is the protagonist. His, his name yeah. is protagonist. He doesn't Broder have a Jonas. character name. Yeah. I caught that. He says it nine times. Yeah, I, I don't thought, other people have names, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I think the the woman's name was Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Robert Pattinson's name was Neil. <laughs> okay. That's about okay, it. yeah, Neil. I do remember that. That's about it. Hey, Neil, what's up? There's literally, here's here's your top three. Passenger, well-dressed man, and, well-dressed un- man. <laughs> and uniformed official is the top three. <laughs> okay. Oh. Right. I can let's, dig it. Let's make, a, let's make a movie. There's no characters. <laughs> Just titles. Yeah. Bad guy five. <laughs> he also likes to do those uh, moving like vehicle heists. As well, that whole that whole heist where they're they're moving the yeah. plutonium or whatever, and then gradually all those big trucks surround that so they can break in and, and steal it. That reminded me of parts of Dark Knight and oh the the Inception, the um, filmography, the filming, the scenes, the way cinematography. He, yes, yeah, yeah. thank you. I'm I'm hammered. The movieography, the moving pictures, realities. The uh, the way he films is obvious. I really, yeah. the entire movie, not only the Tim. score, but the the scenes he puts together, the the angles, the there was a point where there was three guys standing around in a circle, and his the camera was circling them. Yeah, and it was like, pff, how Christopher Nolan? Yeah, Just put that's a Batman way- suit on one of them, and then you know put the Joker <laughs> laughing. It's all it's all good. Yep, 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 yep. So I was just uh. I, Google Christopher Nolan here. Inception. Two out, two out of three for me. Yeah, I agree. Man, Christopher Nolan's got some hell of a fucking movies, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't even realize. Oh, he was a writer for Interstellar. And director. Very, was he? He. I think he writes and directs all of his own stuff. Yeah. 
Tenet, one of those Dunkirk, guys, like Ryan in, Jensen, Interstellar, Inception, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Insomnia, mm-hmm. Memento. Yeah, he's got a hell of a a list here, and he's been on. Yeah, Dunkirk. I never saw that one. Dunkirk was uh, way drawn out, but uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, cool. It takes about an hour and a half to get going. Okay. Yeah, Lord of the Rings style. <sighs> okay. This podcast is over. <laughs> um, one of the uh, the nerd alerts suggested uh, in one of their emails. I, I apologize, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, that we should, when we're done with Mando commentaries, we should do Lord of the Rings extended versions. And I just thought, God no, and not in a way, <laughs> not in a way, because I do, I do like those movies. I'm not gonna sit here, but to sit there and do like four hours of commentary to a well, listen, a movie. I, I would sit there. I don't need an excuse <laughs> to watch Lord of the Rings extended version. Pro- yeah, trust me. And if if we decide to do commentary, maybe that will make me go out and buy the 4K set. Um. I think when we go for commentary, we try to find something that is that we love, but is also kind of silly at the yeah. same time. So the Star Wars movies hit that bill. The Batman movies hit that bill for sure. Teenage Lord of the Rings, Ninja Turtles uh, is probably the next bet. Yeah, that's a good one. We could just do those three. Uh, Nostalgia is a big factor too. But yeah. I have a bad feeling that if we were if we were doing commentary for Lord of the Rings, it would mostly be just like, oh my god, that's so fucking cool. Or just watch <laughs> at least on my side. <laughs> Just watch. Or yeah, yeah. The uh, the podcast would just be silent, and it would just be us like chewing popcorn and like yeah. Oh okay, yeah, Gandalf. yeah. This, this is where he gets. Fuck yeah, Gandalf. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cheers, Shinobs. Thank you. Um. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for the feedback. If you have any other suggestions for fanboy commentary, we got. Uh, we're working through Mando, and then we're we'll be on to something new. So, turtles is an option. I know we started Turtles years ago, and I think we just got too drunk and gave up on it. But. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I wonder if I have yeah. that. I'd make a fun bonus podcast Dear episode. fuck. <laughs> I think we have probably two or three that never got released anywhere. There are probably five full episodes that I did not recorded somewhere. Let the light of day. No. no. I know there's uh, at least one commentary that Kerner was on, and we had yeah. that. This cannot yeah. be released. <laughs> There's a Last Jedi commentary on the Patreon feed. If you guys uh, have, well, you, you have access to it. Have you actually gone and listened to it? I don't know. But there is a, a commentary for Last Jedi that was us with Kerner and with Butter Clones. So first of all, four people is way too much. And we were all hammered. And Kerner just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that one is private Patreon feed only. And then we redid it <laughs> for the public. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Have you, uh, as we kind of get through Mando, um, any, uh, any, well, well, we are rewatching Mando as we do the the commentaries, obviously. Yeah. Has your thoughts or opinions changed on season one of Mando at all? Um, Overall, no. I feel pretty much the same about it. Uh, it reinforced the last two episodes for me for how I think so yeah uh, it was I try to like I try to find the light I try to find the good wait the two finale episodes you're talking about no 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 I'm sorry the two episodes we just recorded which was oh yeah Gunslinger and the village or whatever the village one yes Um, the village one was okay I'm I'm fine with it I liked it better this time yeah 
The Gunslinger, the, it was hard to find things that I liked. That one was like... So, I remember at the end of it, I said, oh, that actually wasn't as bad as I remembered. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that we find out that that stupid Han Solo wannabe is not a bumbling idiot the whole time. Yeah. I was like, oh, I guess that's kind of cool. But the whole first 20 minutes, like, I just want to slap him because he won't shut up. So I'm like, is that really the payoff? Like, I would rather just not have him even in the show. Yeah. You know, even that's with harsh, him, but. even with him, you know, supposedly coming around and doing something decently badass at the end. Yeah. It's like, fuck, man. Like, why did, how did this kid get to where he was? I don't know. With, I mean, guess he, he getting was just, killed by someone. Yeah. Yeah. He should have yeah. been sarlacked up pretty quickly out there in the dunes. I will say, as far as rewatching, I didn't realize how much of a dick Din was early on. Yeah. Episode one and two, he's killing people with no regard whatsoever. Jawas. Bullseye Jawas. Literally vaporizing them. Yes. Uh, without even thinking about it. So that was pretty savage. And then I feel like he gets sentimental about the kid, rescues him. And then the next episode is the village. And they decide to you know stay and help them. You start to see he's getting a little more patient with people <laughs> without just murdering them right away. Um, so I have noticed that this time around. Yeah, you wonder what uh, what the actual change of heart was. Was it just because this it was a baby like that he had to go pick up? I mean, he literally the first episode he's he's sent out to yeah. get the the blue dude the mithril yeah and. He'll beat the shit out of that dude and kill people on the way and and have people in the door and he doesn't give a flying fuck, and then and then all of a sudden he has to get a baby frog and you're like, oh, I don't want to give this one up. The subplot there is that having a kid changes your life, makes you a better person. Oh, or maybe it makes you maybe it just exemplifies the person that you already are. Oh, <laughs> patting yourself on the back pretty hard here. <laughs> Well, I, have, I haven't had the kid You're yet. You're either a I don't great know. person or it makes you realize you were a great person is basically what Commander said. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know. Let me tell ask you. Me in a few, ask me in a few months. I'll tell you. I'll give you a straighter answer. Yeah, okay. We'll see. Well, I was going to say, it's like uh, Mando was probably always a good person. He just kind of took on the job and the role of a bounty hunter. And he's just doing that. He doesn't really have any... He doesn't really have a purpose, you know? He just he feels uh, sentimental towards, like, the Mandalorian code and everything. So he's keeping that alive. He's a bounty hunter to make some cash. But he doesn't have, like, a moral compass until Baby Yoda comes around. Well, it's almost from a certain point of view. And I was going to ask you this anyways. Like, the Mandalorians have kind of lost their way. They don't have a culture anymore. It's kind of been stolen from them, you know, beaten down, yeah. you know, whether it was the Empire... They're splintered, yeah. The Great War. They don't have a home planet anymore that they can kind of defer to. And obviously, there's different tribes that, you know, you go through a couple generations and the visions or the the ideals get skewed a little. So, it's just it's just like religion. You know, you get a few generations and all of a sudden there's a thousand different uh, religions. Same thing yeah. with, you know, the different groups of Mandalorians. Yeah. Um, I guess my question would be, has, has your opinion of the Mandalorians grown like not opinion of the Mandalorians grown but 
Have, has your thoughts of the Mandalorian grown? Because like, we love Kotor so much. Candorus is so badass. But and Candorus, I mean, technically becomes Mandalore, which is ridiculous because he was a blubbering asshole from a port- certain point of view. <laughs> I wouldn't say blubbering. <laughs> he talks uh, some mad shit a lot. <laughs> yeah, but, I guess blubbering to me means that they won't shut up and they're idiots. Yeah, yeah, like Jar Jar. Calculated asshole. Yes. Um, sharp, sharp shooting dickhead. But, you know, for him to be the Mandalore and then to go where we are now is like a huge jump to me. Yeah. It, it like went from a group of badasseries to a religious cult that was splintered at one point. Yeah, I mean, I'm torn on the Mandalorian stuff because, um, once again, Republic Commando can't go an episode without bringing it up. Mm-hmm. They they really that book did capture a lot of that, like creed and religion and the language and the brotherhood and everything. Yeah. So Mandalorians that we have now, I think it's very interesting. Like I'm intrigued of the fact that they are all kind of splintered and they all each have their own like subsets of the Mandalorian creed. Some are more uh, fundamentalist about it and some are more open. And then you have Boba Fett who's kind of somewhere in the middle. So I'm definitely intrigued by it. I I would say my opinion, I haven't let it change yet because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the the story evolve yet. That's where I think we're going with season three. I think, I think there's going to be a huge shift in season three, whether they get back to Mandalore, take it back, reunite all the Mandalorians. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I'm just I'm waiting for that uh, for that moment, for that plot line. Yeah, That's I guess, I you know, my, my immediate thought was like we were introduced, not introduced. From a certain point of view, I was fucking introduced, yeah, uh, to <laughs> like the culture of Mandal- the Mandalorians from KOTOR, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But Boba Fett, we, we don't really see him do anything in the original trilogy. So, you know, come 2003, it's the, I don't hol- think I knew it's the holiday special, the Sarlacc Pit, and KOTOR is what we have Yeah, about the Mandalorians. And, you know, Candorous, for how, you know, crazy of a character, he at least spouts yeah. military honor and, like, the, the honor of battle. So that those seeds are planted, but it's very... I mean, obviously, they're they're a militant culture. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess, you know, it, it almost went from strictly military honor to religious, like, not showing your face. Like, what what kind of weird... How did we go from Candorous, who doesn't wear anything... Right. Just wearing a, you know... Well, I think as the, um, as the universe evolves they kind of slightly just tweak the the canon a little bit yeah it would be you know what would be nice no is if they talked about species dying off uh what do you mean uh in star wars universe there's they've never really talked about any species going extinct oh okay yeah um which you know regardless of what's going on species are gonna gonna go extinct (laughs) Like the bug things from Mass Effect. What are they called? Yes. R something. Buzz. Buzz droids. 
Yeah. So with an R. I can't remember what they what they're called. Um, that's what I was going to say. And I was like, <laughs> that's not right. Don't say that. <laughs> um, no, it's, you know, just a little little jab. Yeah. Uh, another jab at Star Wars. Rachni. Rachni. Oh, yeah, it is Rachni. They do yeah. help you out. If you don't kill the Rachni, they help you out. And uh, yeah. that's the third If you go one. light side. <laughs> if you go light side, basically, yeah. <laughs> I just call it light side. Yeah, this light side and Paragon, side. a bunch of it. Back to your Candor's KOTOR thing. I would say, like, when I played KOTOR, I don't know if I knew... Mandalorian, quote unquote, before like the I name played that. Mandalorian, yeah. Like I don't know if I knew that Boba Fett or Jango Fett was a Mandalorian. It's a, f- it's a fair. I think I think the Kaminoan says that. Does he? Does she say Mandalorian or does she say bounty hunter? I think she, she probably says bounty hunter. Yeah. So yeah, I I probably liked Boba Fett, but I didn't know Mandalorian was a thing then until I played Kotor, and then you got to kill a whole gang of them. Yeah, so like the first time Mandalorian is spoken, I'm sure there might have been something in one of the old Jedi Knight Dark Forces yeah. game or something weird like that. You gotta yeah. go find Boba Fett, the Mandalorian. Or the Shadows of the Empire Sh- books, they probably mentioned it because Boba Fett's obviously involved heavily in that. But on screen, yeah, the, the original trilogy, you still don't hear the words Mandalorian. So, yeah, I guess may, I, I'm along with you. I think yeah. my introduction was Candorous and the mm. Mandalorian Wars from KOTOR. Yeah. I do like that there's a... I, I do <laughs> like that there's a religious aspect. Now? Yeah. I do like it. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it brings them... Like, in KOTOR, we think of them kind of like... The Mandalorians are savages, and they just go around the galaxy just conquering everything and killing people. Which is cool when you're like, yeah, man, Ben Orange is a badass. You know, but that, from a story perspective, I'm like, that's kind of uh, very surface level. I love it though because it makes direct sense. It's a battle oriented honor group that loves war, and that's yeah. how they obtain their honor is winning battles. So let's go fuck up the 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 galaxy because no one else is worthy. So we're yeah. going to go basically to war to find people that are worthy. Oh, look, a fucker named Revan. Worthy <laughs> as hell. Yeah. We are fucked. Um, no, I. It, it's kind of simple, like you said, but I love it. It doesn't need to be so, I don't know. It's cool I that guess, the Mandalorians exist back then, yeah. first of yeah. all. And that their culture provides this, the seeds of the war. Like, it just makes direct sense that they're... They're not evil. It's like they 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 literally maybe had a disagreement with the way things were. So they're, the the one thing they know is fucking war. We're we're gonna change things through killing. Yeah. So yeah. sorry, I, I went guess, on a I small guess the rant. new <laughs> no, it's okay because like I said back then I did dig that, but I guess the new way that they're presented gives them room to still have that code of honor and that savage fighting ethic, but also be good guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just want to like see Bo a, can, a f- like Bo can still be like a surface level good guy character. Yeah, even though she has the roots of you know being a trained assassin, basically. But you know, the one thing I've always liked about the Mandalorians is you couldn't really say good or bad guy. They are they're the Mandalorian neut- in the middle. They're just neutral. Yeah, they are doing what they think is right, regardless like both of versions. Of, yeah. Can I like both versions? No, you have to choose. I have to pick. You okay. must choose. I would like everything to go back to 2003, please. <laughs> oh, man. 
2003. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time ago, man. I know. It's crazy, right? It's almost at 20 years, boy. I know. Oh, maybe they're going to plan a KOTOR <gasps> new game to come out on the 20th anniversary. Year. Now I got to wait two more years, though. That's the only bad thing. Well, fuck. I don't know what's going to happen, man. We got hopefully Overwatch 2 this year, Mass Effect Remaster, hopefully news about the new Mass Effect game, which we know nothing about. New Mass Effect game is, is top priority right now. Even... Here's, I'll say this. If the multiplayer is included in the remaster, then I would almost say that the remaster is also top priority. Yeah. Behind no. Overwatch 2, probably. Yeah. Overwatch 2, yeah, that's fun. I, I just, I'm so, such a story-driven gamer. That's, yeah. That, and I just, I just finished uh, Far Cry 5 today. Nice. Congratulations. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I like Far Cry 4 better, but the games are just so, so good. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but the, uh, I was looking up uh, story driven. Story, I'm, oh, I'm such a yeah. story driven gamer. I do. I'll obviously dabble in some multiplayers. It's fine, but you know, if I'm going to boot something up, I just I want to be enthralled and thrown into something and and try to figure my way out. You know, it's fun. Yeah, no doubt. Um, which is you know we haven't really had in, in Star Wars universe. So like that's what I was, actually I was looking up uh, Fallen Order two because yeah. with the change of everything going on, I wonder yep. where they were sitting here. I think we're probably um, still looking at like holiday of next year, if I had to guess. Unless we get a surprise. Details about the sequel allegedly began leaking. Oh, in February 2020. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where this sits. It's almost like it's. it feels like they're switching gears with their gaming that this may not ever get made. They are. Oh, I think it definitely will. That's the only good Star Wars game from the EA era. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know? Well, yeah, story like, driven. Like the only, the basically, what's the word I'm looking for? Like hands down, everyone agrees. Yes, Fallen Order was great. You know what I mean? Squadrons is like really cool, but if you're not a flight simulator guy, I don't know. And then obviously both battlefronts are like <laughs> playable, but yeah, they they may kind of miss the mark. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, ah. <laughs> Are we talking about Star Wars games? You know, Is this a Star Wars podcast? Well, you so you mentioned Ma Mass Effect, so they're they're doing the the rebuttal, whatever the fuck, the remaster, <laughs> the rebuttal of yes, the whole trilogy of the whole trilogy. Yeah, it's like the fourth time I've talked about this. I know. I'm sorry, but every time I hear it, I always thought they were just doing the first one. You're not forgiven. No, the remaster comes out in May. And it's the whole trilogy with Shepard. So it's all three. Wow. Yes. But is it going to include the multiplayer on three? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think they've announced but that. But there's even beyond that, there's a new one in the works, right? Yes. There was a teaser with the music oh, from the first yeah. one. And it, it ends Liara. with Liara. Yes. Gotcha. So, Mass God. Effect 4? Question mark. Mass Effect something Where's new. Where's Drew when you need him? Hopefully back at Bioware where he belongs. Hopefully working. Lucas Games. <laughs> We're going to make a statement here. Hold on. Get your pencils Lucas out. Lucasfilm Games. If you want a uh, proven future with successful video games in the Star Wars universe, just hire Drew Carpigian. Give him whatever he wants. I don't care. Just he give wants him, to make as, as much as Kathy. That's fine. Give him a mission. Uh, yeah. And just say like, you know, be the 
be the consulting producer on everything that Star Wars does that has a story related to it. <laughs> don't don't approve a story for anything in the Star Wars universe unless you run it by Drew first. That's what I'll say. All right. Now, Twitter, please. I expect you to do your thing. Monday, <laughs> Lucasfilm announces Drew Carpishan back at Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah. I actually I had to bring up uh, one of our, our, our goobers emails here because the last sentence he says... Um, Keep up the hilariousness that is uh, the squad bot and predicting the future of Star Wars. If the capitalists are, re- are reading this, hire these fuckers. <laughs> Listen, you could pay me in uh, in merch. Just pay me in toys. That's a, that's totally fine. I would. It's worth it. I would work for free if I knew that all Star Wars content would be good from now on. I uh, am not free. Just to let the globus know, <laughs> I need to be paid, bitches. <laughs> I want to retire at some point. Oh, man. Yeah. Maybe you can retire and work for Star Wars. Maybe. Well, it's not retiring, but maybe, maybe you can retire. Maybe if they hire me, that will be my retirement is working for Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I would do that. If I never have to work again, hire me. That sounds <laughs> that sounds backwards, but yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. If I never had to work again, you can hire me and I would start working. <laughs> Give me a job to do and I'll retire. <laughs> Ugh, when there's jobs to do, I do my jobs. What would uh, well, let's 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 flesh this out? Okay, they, they give us a trilogy. Say you can me, go oh, anywhere. Me and you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would like. I think my dream job would be not so much. I'm helming this like very important trilogy. I think it would more be like executive producer consulting. Like, hey, here's the pitch for this movie, and I would be like, oh, well, we got to fix that and that and that, and then maybe throw this guy in, and then you're good to go. That would be the dream job for me. Because well, then, then you can touch the films and the books and the video games. You get to kind of have your hands in uh, every little area of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kathy, that, consider that my CV, okay? Hmm. Or Favreau. Who do I talk to these days? You know what know. I would do? What? What? Tell me. I'm going to go into the Outer Rim, into the unknown region. Let's, let's just pick a planet. I'm going to call it Schlubbies. All right. On Schlub. I live well, I live on Schlub. I'm a Schlubby. Schlub Prime. Schlub Prime. <laughs> and there is a guy causing hell. It's gonna be a normal. There's there's open fields. There's <laughs> cities. There's water. There's everything. You're there, talking we've, about got, Kansas. we've got cultures okay. and species. More than one on this in this this land. Okay. And there's going to be one guy who's force sensitive who is not good. <laughs> okay. He's going to be raising hell, but they don't know because they're not linked into the hy- the the hyperspace lanes. They don't know how to deal with this dude. So basically one force sensitive running amok being a bad guy, let's just say it. Yeah. And they don't know how to deal with it, but they, you know, it's common or not common. It's, it's, they all have their lasers and speeders and stuff, but the, I guess they're, they're like trying to reach out for help and maybe it would be pretty, okay. yeah, yeah. Reaching out for help out, you know, to other planets, dude, what if we're in the star Wars universe? We just don't have the right technology to reach out and they don't have a hyperspace lane to earth. Yeah. You just went straight dark tower on me. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm force sensitive is what I'm trying to say. I'm I'm going to start causing hell. 
one of the things I really one of the things I really want to see in Star Wars. I cause hell. I cause the hell. Um, <laughs> raising heaven. It would probably be a Disney Plus series, not a movie. Okay. Uh, but some, I, I want to see a political thriller. I want to see like the senators who are trying, who who don't support Palpatine, and who are trying to keep things in order while the Clone Wars is just going crazy around them. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily new characters. It would be a focus on uh, people that we haven't seen before. It'd be and new then, characters, oh, yeah. Yeah, new characters, but then around them you have little cameos and events that actually happen in the movies, just like kind of in the background. Yeah. Kind of like you see in the Bad Batch, like we're following the Bad Batch now, but you have the Palpatine, the first Galactic Empire press announcement or whatever. You have that playing. Like things like that would come in from the movies, but it wouldn't be a major focus. But uh, not a crazy amount of action, not a crazy focus on the war itself, but more about the politics that are going on behind the scenes. And Dooku's dealings with people and the Trade Federation and, and all that kind of stuff. I think that would be dope. Yeah. That'd be number one on my list. Number the two, possibilities are endless. Number two would be Dax's Diner. Dax's feature. Diner. Just yes. like Cheers, but Dax's Diner. Exactly. Yes. And Dax and that robot fall in love. It's weird. But they Obi-Wan make it comes work. comes in every once in a while oh, for drinks. Works. That's actually Lando comes in for drinks. That's where he gets the idea <laughs> to bang L3 is from Dex. Uh, and then actually, you know, it'd be really cool. This would never happen. Dex's adventure before he starts the diner. Because how the fuck does he know all this stuff? Yeah. What we want obviously goes to him to get his information. So what kind of world was Dex? He was living? a spice runner. And they then he retired were. and just opened this greasy diner. Yep. Yeah. No, good. I uh, I think underworld crime. On Terrace, or not Terrace, on Cor- Coruscant. <laughs> Either way. Would be fucking cool. And, and you know, you could you could easily do something crazy. Brand new characters, 100%. And it's a series. Let's just say it's it's 10 episodes long. Yeah. Brand new, 100% brand new characters. But the very last thing that happens is the main bad guy gets put in his place by a cool characters like Maul or something. Yeah. Like the whole storyline is like doing, uh, you know, breaking the law breaking on Terrace and running from the Corsanti police. But, you know, we're, we're all doing this to to get this spice, to get it to, you know, this one dude who gives us money for it. That one dude ends up being Maul or something from the yeah. Red Sun or whatever the fuck. Crimson Dawn. Crimson no, what's the red sun? Red sun, the blue moon, guys. No, the red sun isn't that from Mass Effect? Uh, oh yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, mix. It did sound familiar. So, but cool. That's kind of crimson dawn. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, from. Um. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. Like that'd be it. fun if, if we if we worked at Lucasfilm. And it would be fun to, for them too because they'd be making billions upon billions on billions, IDs. trillions maybe. And all they'd have to pay me is a percentage of those billions. I, I yeah, I want one of every merch item Star Wars has ever made. That's what I want. I just want, and then go. the ones I don't want to keep, I'll just sell those, and that's my salary. Salary, gotta gotta have it paid. Gotta cool. Gotta have it all. Well, this was a shitty episode. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I had a lot of fun. How I enjoy things too. Um, they well, I also have those those two other movies to talk about. Oh, go ahead. I mean, I, I won't go too far. Birds of Prey was fun. 
Better than you expected. It was as I expected. Okay. Uh, at, coming off a of Suicide Squad and obviously still loving, you know, Margot Robbie as, as Harley Quinn, the, the light spot in that movie. Um, great performance. It was fun following her. It was nice that all the all the characters and all the stuff happening around her wasn't like fantastical superpower stuff. It was all very like crime oriented. Yeah, that's nice. And, you know, a lot of her powers, obviously, are not, she doesn't have powers, but she's just kicking people's ass. She doesn't have you know, Superman strength or anything like that. So that was fun. Uh, Ewan McGregor's performance was awesome as Black Mask. That was cool. Um, yeah, overall, it was a fun ride. I'll probably, you know, I might watch it again at some point, but it's not something I'll be returning to the way I do with like BVS or Iron Man or whatever. Yeah. But it was a fun ride. I'm glad I watched it. I put on BVS last night. I haven't so gotten good. through BVS in a long time. God damn, it's so good. It is good. I just, I always get to it's emotional like the it's daily planet bullshit, which is early on, but, uh, and it's, you know, it's fine. I, I appreciate that in the movie, you know, you got to yeah. have some setup and stuff, but I always get the For daily sure. planet stuff and I'm like, ah, oh, she's still talking about this goddamn bullet. I'm like, let's come on. I, I've already seen this part. <laughs> like, it's weird. <laughs> I love that little subplot though. It's Lois Lane actually doing detective work. That's yeah. what Batman's supposed to be doing. That's a, well. <laughs> you said it. Uh, it's a good subplot. Uh, and then that Room 237 documentary about The Shining and all the hidden meanings, that can fuck right off. Wow, that sucks. So they're just trying to connect dots where there are none. Have you ever watched a YouTube video of someone trying to explain like flat earth stuff? Oh, yeah. And like the way they present the evidence and they talk about it, like they know exactly what they're talking about. And it's so convincing. And it's like, oh, if you just look at this little line here in the background of this reflection of the shot that you couldn't really see, it actually means that, you know, Kubrick directed the Apollo landing footage. That was the whole the whole thing. <laughs> it, it drove me fucking crazy. Yeah. I almost turned it off. I decided to just, you know, get through it, watch the whole thing. And yeah. There was there was a few interesting bits that actually do make sense, like story wise. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it was like, oh, just look how he framed this shot in like the hallway of the hotel, and you can see this window over here. That means that like you know Danny is elevated and he's up here, and all of his parents are downstairs, so he's dreaming because he's on the second floor, and his parents aren't because they're on the first floor. It's like I maybe. Hotels maybe have floors, bro. Maybe he's just riding his bike around. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know, man. A lot of it was just so convoluted. I couldn't really take it seriously. Well, you've read The Shining, right? I well, I, that's why I wanted to watch it because I just finished it. Yeah. So it wasn't. Was, it wasn't even like stuff that he was pulling from the book. He was just reaching. Well, he actually intentionally changed some things from the book. The whole. If I had to sum up the uh, the plot of the documentary. It was trying to make a case for Kubrick did do the Apollo landing, mm. faked it, and he was putting signs in the movie to say, I can't admit that I did this, but I did do it. And here's all the signs. Mm. That's what it was going for. And there was a few parts where I was like, okay, maybe. But a lot of it was <laughs> so, it was so far-fetched. Yeah. No, I uh, I I love watching those those people try to, like prove ridiculousness yeah because they just skate over obvious <laughs> it's like yeah yeah if you just you know the earth is flat if you don't believe it's round so 
You're like, wait, right. of course it is. And then they just move on like yeah, that was so exactly. obvious. Yeah, oh, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing that really did it was like when he, uh, Jack Nicholson is like getting to the hotel for the first time and getting introduced and they're closing for the season and people are just walking, like maintenance guys are just carrying furniture behind them. And the guy was trying to break down like, oh, the way they're carrying the furniture has a secret meaning. (laughs) And the fact that this guy only has like one chair and the other guy only has like one table, that means something, man. And I was like, no, they're just maintenance guys in the background. Nope. That doesn't mean anything. It made me Mm. angry sometimes. Made me angry sometimes. It always happens to me sometimes. Appreciate it, guys. That's what I think of it. All right. Good day, Galaxy. Hopefully next week we'll have uh, some more non- Star Wars. Do something. We need, we, we need more Star Wars. I'll watch uh, Birds of Prey this week at some point. Cool. Um, do you want to officially commit to like Pokemon Go or I'm sorry, Detective Pikachu? <laughs> Detective Sonic? Yes. Or uh, actually Sonic. I've heard good things about fucking Sonic. Yeah, that's on my list too. I need you to watch do, that. You want to do Sonic? Yeah, we'll we'll do that. We'll do cool. Sonic. And I'm gonna I'm gonna also catch up on uh WandaVision. I need to do that as well. Came out Friday, and then I'll watch this coming Friday's episode. We could talk about that as well. Cool. Good day, Galaxy. Thank you for tuning in. Pew. You ready? Hey. Ready? Where's the spatula? Where's the spatula? Where's the spatula? Tell me where the goddamn spatula is! Oh, I need the kitchen utensils! I need to bake it up. (laughs)